Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey, friend. You're listening to the Nicole Walters Podcast. I'm a former six-figure corporate executive who woke up every morning feeling stuck in the life that I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and built a multi-seven-figure business showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing girls, and a wife to my crazy, kooky, dancing husband. I've had a couple of viral videos too, so you know there's going to be a lot of laughs here. So whether you've seen me on my viral vids, or on the Today Show, or read about me in Forbes, this is the place where we can meet, share stories, share laughs, and share fun. I'm your best friend in your head. So sit back, listen close. And let's get started. Hey, friend. I am so excited about this chat we're going to have because you know that I don't really do the interview thing. I mean, it's mostly just me sitting down with you, having a chat about the things that matter most. But for this one, I just knew I could not do it by myself. So I actually have a really special person that I'm going to be chatting with today. And it is my very own big tiny. That's right. You know, I'm a mom of three and I always have my other littles on or the hub and popping in. But for this chat, I wanted to go one-to-one with my little adult in my house. She's 20 and I just, I had to bring her here. So big tiny, I'm so glad you're here with me today. (laughs) So first things first, I want you to do a little introduction. So if you can tell all the internet aunties and uncles about yourself and where you're from, how old you are, all that good stuff. My name is Big Tiny. I am 20 years old. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. And I mean, I'm five feet. That's pretty cool. <laughs> she's, she, we call her the Big Tiny. And guess what? She actually is kind of tiny. <laughs> so, but she's the biggest of our tinies. Now, that said, on this one, we're going to be talking about what it's like to parent adult children and adulting in your parents' house. Now, these are complicated, complex weird wonky issues and every parent whether you have little ones now or older kids already you're gonna have to run into this at some point in time and I'm not saying we have the answers but what we do want to do is share what we've learned so far share what we're still working on and hopefully share our story so that that way can help you live better in yours so before I even dive into our chat I know that a lot of us met for the very first time when you saw a certain viral video I believe about 25 million of you have seen it 
where I went to the Big Tiny's college campus to pop in and check on her after she kind of ghosted me. And it was this video where you were first introduced to my parenting style, which I fondly refer to as hot mess African parenting, right? It is maybe a little bit helicoptery. It's filled with a whole lot of love, but needless to say, it is an if you are out of sight, you are never out of mind type of style. And what you saw in that video was definitely a whole heaping bunch of laughter. It was jokes. It was me uh, trying to make light of genuine concern. But what you may not have seen and what I haven't really discussed was there was a lot of fear there. There was a lot of anxiety. I was really genuinely nervous for my daughter going to college for the first three days of her college career and me not hearing from her. And so me and the hubbin popped in on her to check in and see how she was doing. And sure enough, you know, she was having a blast, having a really good time, but we were genuinely worried and we knew that things were changing. Now in this chat, I want to dive in into kind of what led up to that moment, what the summer before that was like and how we've had to evolve since then. If you haven't listened to how we became parents in just a matter of 30 days to three beautiful girls, make sure that you listen to episode one. Episode one tells you all about how we became parents, but we're new to this. We're coming up on five years of parenting, so we're still figuring it out. But the best place to start is always at the beginning. And I'm going to let the big tiny take it from here and tell us a little bit more about what parenting looked like for her long before we even came into the picture. So big tiny. I know what life was like when we met each other, right? But before all of that, what was it like and what were your experiences with parenting? I would say that my experiences with parenting were very limited and it definitely was a out of sight, out of mind, kind of reverse of what your parenting is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of self-parenting and me being like 14, trying to figure out parenting myself along with my two younger sisters was just very, very difficult and struggling, I guess, because I didn't know what kind of to structure it off of because I wasn't used to real parenting. So it was like everyone around me is doing some sort of parenting that they all think is okay. But I know that none of the versions were great. Tell us more about what do you mean by versions? Like, so what type of parenting were you seeing and what kind of triggered as right and wrong. Okay. So with my set of parents, it was I knew that it was just about completely wrong other than the fact that we had a house to come home to every day or a we had a roof over our head, not necessarily a house. And then with a lot of my friends, it was a very hostile environment, but like they got fed every day, they got clothes, they got their hair done and like I knew that that was a part of parenting, but I thought that's what parenting was. And I knew that I was lacking that in that aspect. So I was trying to make up for it for myself and my two sisters by myself. And I have no money. So that was very, very hard. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, no, parenting is expensive to say the least. No, but so I can understand that. So obviously at a base level, you were like, you know what parents do? They feed their kids, Mm -hmm. they clothe their kids. They, you know, try to make sure they look good and feel comfortable. Uh, Just providing a roof over their head is not enough. You need to take care of these other needs. So that said, when you when we first met, I know that for me, the weirdest part was I wasn't planning on becoming a parent. That was not a thing for me at the time because I was so young. And frankly, I'm only a couple years older than you. Don't you don't you laugh at me right now? I'm only we're going with my biblical age. OK, so if you want to get caught in these earthly numbers, you know, that say that I'm in my <clears throat> hearty 30s, like well into mm-hmm. that's what that's uh-uh. <laughs> what I am <laughs> is my biblical age puts me only a couple years older. than you. So 
that said, I wasn't planning on being a parent. So when you came into our house to begin with, I know that for me, it was a weird transition because I really thought of it as kind of a big sister thing. I was like, oh, she'll totally know what she needs to do. She's just kind of staying here, right? Like I got to feed her, I got to clothe her, but ultimately take her to school and she'll kind of do what she's supposed to do. And yeah. I learned really quickly that was not going to work because you were only like 14, 15. Yeah, I think I was I was 15, about to turn 16, mm-hmm. which is just a weird age. <laughs> it is, so, it's just a weird age. But yeah, it was... Uh, I'd say that was kind of difficult because I wanted you to sort of be the big sister, but I very, very much needed parenting in the sense of that I didn't know what parenting was at all. So like I knew right from wrong, but there was also like, I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. So me not going to school. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to school, but like I have to actually participate to get the grades and like raise my grades and things. And that's something that we had to talk about Mm -hmm. and just like go through. And it was a conversation. It was like, okay, so just showing up isn't enough. I got to do some work. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And those are a lot of the like things that I think, heck, even if you are a parent to your own biological kids that you've had from day one, some things are like light switches is what I'm learning. Like you don't know what you don't know. And then you start realizing, holy cow, like I have to do this differently. The thing I was doing wasn't working. Yeah. Kids are blank. They're blank slates. Mm -hmm. Like you really, we, we don't know anything as much as we like to think that we know things and like as much as we're taking in the environment around us if no one's putting those things into context and like actually explaining them we're just taking in nonsense content so like my original parents would always tell me school is your only job school is your only job but in my mind I'm seeing all of my friends getting clothes and getting fed and just things that I felt that I also should have and I'm like okay you're telling me school is my only job but like I'm hungry and I don't look good mm-hmm. and I don't want to go to school. Like, mm-hmm. and it was never a conversation of why school is my only job and why school's important. And it was just always that like constant battle being like, school's important, school's important. I'm just like, why? Mm-hmm. And there was never an explanation for it. That is so good. Woo, gold. I'm also having a proud moment, mama moment, you know, just the thing. <laughs> and I know all my aunties are too. They're like, yes, she's big, tiny, grown up so much. Yes, you sound like such a big girl and I can't eat it. So, okay. So, uh, I think you nailed it. you nailed it on the head that especially with that kids are blank slates piece, like it really is whatever you imprint on a child, that is what they will become. Yeah. Um, the Bible actually says, uh, if you, I'm not good at Bible, y'all, it's a big book, but it sounds, it goes, it goes a little something like this, right? It's if you train a child up in the ways that they should be, when they grow older, they'll never depart from it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're not being trained up, you're not going to know what to do. Also, yes, that def- that's definitely true. But also in the sense, like, don't feel that, like, okay, if I teach my kid this, if I teach my kid math is important, then they're just going to be a great whiz at math. Mm. Like, that's not what it is at all. It's just you have to put things into context because they are their own people. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be like, well, I really want you to be, like, an author or something. So, like, let's just surround you with books. And mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even like reading. I, I really want to be an artist. And mm-hmm. it's just more of a conversation and communicating on why things are important and what they think they want to do along with like a healthy balance of, okay, you want to do that, but like there's other things that also need to be done so that you can reach that goal. And I think that's a great transition. So I want to talk about, you know, what you want to do versus what I may want for you, what dad may see for you or what the world may say that you're supposed to be. So that is a great transition. So it was like this for a couple of years. I think that once, you know, all three of us were in the home permanently, including your two little sisters, it became really clear to me and your dad that, okay, we we're actually parents here. This is not just a mentorship sort of thing. So we started to have more structure, more rules. And I feel like, I personally feel like you guys took to that really well, that it was like, you guys started getting 4.0s, you were doing great in school. Like, I feel like when we were all in the home functioning as a family for those first like three, four years, 
not three years, you know, it was going really well. And I think everyone was really thriving. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely was really, really excited about the structure aspect. And like, I do know that I thrive off of structure and just like boundaries or whatever, just because my entire life before meeting you guys, I was trying to make my own boundaries Mm -hmm. and set them for myself. And like, again, with limited knowledge, you can't really do that effectively to the point that it works. So it was really nice having adults who could set those boundaries for me and explain why they were set. I think that it was a little more difficult for me to, like, once I got into a routine and then I got sort of bored, it was like, okay, well, this is fun, but like, what's next? Yeah, Yeah, like very much, not not very much over it, but I'm like, okay, and I know why this is here and I know that it's important and that I'll thrive off of it, but like, I'm tired of this. Yeah, no, (laughs) and that makes perfect sense. So let's talk about the hard work of it. So for, for those of you guys who are listening in, understand that Big Tiny came into our home with, I don't want to call them deficiencies. I don't want to call them gaps, but basically she just didn't get the tools and resources she deserved for years and years and years. So when I say this girl busted her rump to catch up, she did. She got no breaks. And this is all important context for this next, you know, sort of trying and challenging time that we're going to talk about. So when Big Tiny came into the home, she said, okay, you know what? I'm going into the top school in Maryland. I am going to compete and I'm going to get great grades and pushing towards college. Now, she's just saying this because we set these boundaries for her. This sort of list like, hey, you don't have any goals. Let's just aim for these, right? But it wasn't necessarily that she said, this is what I want to do. But she was like, I don't even know what people do. So this will work for now. So working, I mean, we're talking she had tutors during the summer. She was, you know, spending her weekend studying. She was doing everything to catch up. And boy, did she. She graduated her final quarter of school and she had a 4.0. And I think it was a high point for all of us because we felt like we kind of made it. Definitely. Definitely. It was a lot of hard work. And there was a lot of things that I was lacking in. Like, I didn't even know algebra and I was in high school and that was... I didn't know that it was a bad thing at the time just because everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's math or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, I guess it's math. I mean, I'm going to the next grade. But mm-hmm. then, like, as I started actually trying and putting being like, no, like this math thing's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. even know the first steps. I barely remember my multiplication tables. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to go back and do work that I didn't even know that I didn't learn. Like, I'm going back and doing middle school math work just so that I can understand the basic outline of my high school math work and figure out those algorithms because you always have to start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start at the beginning until 10th grade. But she did it, y'all. She did it. And it was such a high to watch her soar. I mean, I was inspired. I think a lot of you who may have watched the journey along that time were inspired as well. And it was impressive. And I think it's worth noting at this, you know, point that for a lot of us, it was kind of a, it was a daze though. I would say that it felt like it was speed motion. Definitely. And it felt very, very natural, natural and fast, but also like, as I started approaching towards the 12th grade, it was like tired and just more of like, what's the end game? Because like, yes, I want to go to college and yes, like I obviously want to do the things that I've just been working towards, but I'm not exactly sure why for myself. And that was kind of hard, just keeping myself motivated. Like before we transitioned to the good school in somewhere else in Maryland, it was just like, okay, like I'm great. I'm doing all the things. I'm above all of my peers. Like Mm -hmm. this is something that I never thought would happen. Like I'm student body president. I'm homecoming princess. Mm -hmm. Like all of these things that I never thought would be possible in that environment. And then I was like, well, this is great. And then we get into the new environment and everyone's like, okay, we do those things too. And I'm like, 
All right, cool. Okay, so I got to do more. All right, got it. And there wasn't anything hard about adjusting to that, but it was very hard hearing all of my new peers talk about, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to go to college and like, I want to be a veterinarian. And and, like, I've never had a chance to really think about what I wanted to do. To dream. Yeah, like, it was very much like before meeting you guys, it was like, okay, well, I have to keep me and myself and my sisters alive. And then when I got a break from that, it was like, all right, so I got to like, be successful at something because I can't just not do anything because I don't want to not do anything. Yeah, it's not just about survival. But, yeah, anymore. it's not. A, yeah, def- definitely. It's not about survival. It's like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And they're like, well, right now, let's just focus on the school aspect because mm-hmm. that's all that's really important. And then getting closer to the 12th grade, it was like, I really don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to go to college, but I don't know what I want to go to college for. And everyone around me is going to college. So let's just I should do probably do thing. that. And just let's do the next thing. And so here's what happened. So this is where a lot of you guys don't know, but I think a lot of you will relate either in your own life where you hit that sort of quandary where you say to yourself, do I want to stay in corporate or do I need to get out? Do I want to stay in this marriage or do I want to get out? Do I know what's going on with my kid? What's happening right now? That summer between high school and college was a nightmare for us. You guys don't know it, but it was tough. And when I say a nightmare, I mean, it was filled with highs and it was filled with lows, peaks and valleys. There were moments of huge celebration because Big Tiny had accomplished so, so much and deserved all of that praise. But then as we inched closer to the time where she was going to go to college, it became very apparent to us that some part of her wasn't ready or wasn't willing. Yeah, I definitely, well, it was, it was actually that perfect mix sort of like, I've done all these accomplishments and I know that the next step is college and I've kind of set my like told myself in my mind that I'm going to college and that I'm just going to be successful because I was successful in high school and like school isn't a hard thing for me if it's something that I want to do but it was just hard trying to figure out what am I going to go to school for like what am I going to have myself like what is my dream in college to keep myself motivated and I didn't know that's what the question I was really asking was it was just more like yeah, I'm going to college, but like, why? why? Now, I think that a lot of us can relate to that. If we don't have clarity around our why, it becomes very difficult to do everything. Everything loses its shine. Showing up at work every day, uh, you know, again, being in a marriage, if you don't know the why, uh, that the, the deeper core meaning, you can go through the motions, but only for so long. Yeah. And that is what we ran into. I mean, there were moments that summer where literally Big Tiny was looking at us saying, adulting is terrible. I do not like this. I don't want to do it and I don't want to leave home. And we were looking at her like, come on, college is great. You're going to love it when you get there. You're going to be free. You earned this. And she'd look at us and say, well, maybe it'll be better then. You know, and she trusted us. She believed us. But, you know, I'm going to be really candid and transparent here. I look back on that and I'm trying not to get choked up, but I look back on it and I wish I'd listened better. And I think that a lot as I think as parents, we all wish we'd listen a lot better, you know, and we should all try to do that better because I look back on it and I'm like, I should have kept her home. She needed a gap year. She needed time. She needed a break. Yeah, definitely. I felt like the college thing happened rather quickly just because like I came off of working and catching up so hard to just like graduate high school, which is something that I never thought was going to happen before they before I was introduced to them into my life. Like graduating high school is not a goal. And then when it finally happened and I had 4.0, I was just like, wow, like I can do anything, mm-hmm. literally can do anything. And that feeling was great. But as we inch closer to the college part, I was just like, 
not again. I can do anything, but like, I'm really not trying to play catch up because I know that I'm not that smart. I like, I'm really, really smart and I can just about learn anything if it's taught to me well, but it's more about if I want to receive it or not. And like, we're ready. I was not ready to receive it at all. And, and and that sort of reflection and introspection and honesty, I know that there are some internet aunties and uncles right now nodding their heads like, wow, that is so grown up of you. And I just want to, you know, throw some shine on you to say that's so grown up to even be able to say I wasn't ready to receive it. It takes some adults a long time to realize that they're even put in a situation that isn't right for them and make decisions not to. So here's what happened next. You know, for a lot of you guys, you realize that we were getting ready to move to Atlanta. Our family was transitioning from the Maryland area where we were only 20 minutes away from your campus before down to Atlanta where, you know, we were moving the business and the rest of the family was eager and excited to go. And we had a bit of a back and forth about it where I was like, Hey, big tiny, I know you're coming with us. Right. And (laughs) that conversation was a little hard to have just because like, I love my family and I was just so used to being with them and having them support me. But I felt like I buried myself so deep into being like, I'm going to be successful in college. Like I'm already here. I know it sucks, but like, this is just a part of school. Like, because I was already going through it with the high school thing where I was like, this really sucks. But if I keep working hard, it'll work. Like, I know that you don't want to do it, but like, there's four more years, there's three more years. And Mm -hmm. if you keep going, you will reach the finish line Mm -hmm. and you're going to be happy when you reach the finish line. And I just kind of ingrained that into my brain that the college that I was at and where I was at that point, I was like, I just have to stay here and keep making it work because I've committed in Mm -hmm. a sense. Like I didn't do all of that work for nothing. And I feel like if I stop now, I'm not going to either want to go back or I'm not going to know what I want to do. And I didn't want to be lost or confused. So I was like, I might as well just keep working this plan. So how many of us have said to ourselves, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to keep working the plan in front of me because I don't want to be lost and confused when we realize we were actually working a plan while lost and confused. Yeah. (laughs) A whole mouthful right there. Right. And you know what? As parents, we went along with it. I tell you, there are so many places here where I say to myself, and I look back, you know, hindsight is 2020. And I'm like, this was actually that mama moment to put your foot down and be like, you know what? You're coming with us. You're taking a year off and you are going to just hang out, unwind, maybe get a job. And we're going to figure out what you want to do. If I look back, that's what I wish I would have done. But instead, Big Tiny said she wanted to stay in Maryland. My sister was going to be there. Her aunt's in town. She, We have friends. We have family there. She has friends and family there. We said, you know what? There are people around, so you're going to be fine. And that's what we thought. But a year later, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> She's back, uh, which, I mean, it was a tough year. Yes, it was definitely a tough year. I'm thankful for the connections and relationships that I did make. And I am also very thankful for the relationships that I lost Mm. in a sense just because I learned a lot about myself and I don't think I mean I'm nowhere in a sense a full adult yet but I'm definitely more grown than I was a year ago when I left and I'm thankful it sucks Mm because like once you know something you can't unknow it so that's kind of like ignorance is really bliss Mm -hmm. I learned that (laughs) very very quickly but I'm thankful for what I put myself through. <laughs> My decision. That's right. Yeah. Her decision to yeah. then tough it out and make it work. But ultimately, I think that we all decided, you know, which I can't, you know, again, put more, enough shine on her for the like big adult decision she made. She literally hit me and her dad up and said, listen, you know, it's the end of the year. It's May. I, I want to take this summer 
to reevaluate what I want to do. And we were like, hey, we are here for that. Come home. We will figure it out. We will plan. We will reorganize. If you are young, you are brilliant, and you are capable, let's restructure and come up with a plan that makes you comfortable and that's reflective of what you want to do. Yes. And making that phone call was really, really hard. (laughs) Just because I kind of put my foot down so much that I was going to be successful in Maryland and that I, I was going to stay there. And that's where, like, I was just going to live my life. And then mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll just visit them in Atlanta and everything will be great. And mm-hmm. I tried to pretend for a little bit once I visited them in Atlanta a couple of times that everything was great. And some things were great and a lot of things were not. Mm-hmm. But it was very hard coming to the decision to be like, you yeah, know, no, not a lot of this is great. And I just need some time and help. Asking for help is very, very hard. Yeah. In my sense, like I am very much a do it yourself type of person and like struggle is your story. You'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you can't keep digging yourself in a hole. Like you, if once you hit rock bottom, you're going to go up at some point. And I was like, rock bottoms getting pretty low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to ask for help to get out of this hole mm-hmm. that I keep digging myself in. And that was just very, very hard and difficult, but I'm very, very happy that I did. <laughs> you guys I, I just I can't even tell you. she's such a big girl y'all she's such a big girl because and when I say a big girl I don't even mean the you know 20 year old in front of me now I mean a big girl and she doesn't know it but I know that y'all hear it she is saying stuff that we are just learning now some of us are just learning this now that if you ask for help, it can get better, that you can't do it by yourself, that rock bottom is not a fun place to go. And if you see it coming, it's okay to turn around and go the other way. I mean, these are valuable lessons that if I'd learned them at 20, my life would have been a lot easier up to 25, you know? So, so much love to you, cutie pie, because these aren't for mom. You did it yourself. You know what I mean? You're a big girl that you did this yourself, but I'm also glad that you're home. You know, I'm glad (laughs) that you're home because you get to use your tools and resources. And we talk about this all the time you know, in our chats, I always say like, if you have the ability to work with a mentor, if you have the ability to, you know, talk to another mom and get support, use them. Yeah. Use them. You know, why should you try to do it by yourself and you can use them? (laughs) Which I think is very, very funny because of the relationships that I made, I was continuously preaching things that she taught me (laughs) and I was just not implementing them. I'm like, yeah, like your brain's developing. It's okay. Just calm down. Or I'm like, you know, you should probably talk to your mom about that. And then I go home to my room and I'm like, this really sucks. I wish I could talk to my mom about this. (laughs) You know, what's funny about all that too. It's just to let you know, we all do that. We (laughs) all do things that our moms did that we're just like, I will never admit that my mom taught me this. Like out of just pride. Okay. Like I am never going to admit that I am just like my mama or my dad in so many ways. But the reality is, like you said, at the very beginning of this chat, blank slates were blank slates. You've imprinted on me great things, which I appreciate. (laughs) And I've imprinted on you some negative things that I've worked on and I've had to grow. And, you know, because parenting isn't perfect. And I'm grateful every day that you grant me the grace to try again and to be better at my communication and to, you know, to help that you trust me to even lead and guide you because I am just figuring it out. But, you know, I love you unconditionally. I love you more than life. Like, I love you more than air. And I could not imagine not having you in my world. Yeah. Which I appreciate. I, appreciate <laughs> so much. <laughs> I didn't understand that at first when I left just because I was very much, I, I want to, I was selfish. I was being selfish in the sense that I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And 
I felt like there was more than one way to do to do things, which there, there is, is. More, there is definitely yeah. more than one way to do things. It's just my plan had a lot of holes and I was not worried about the holes. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I didn't actually take the time to plan effectively to make that year on my own as successful as it could have been. Mm-hmm. I was just like very much jumping into things, which is <laughs> kind of a routine <laughs> that yeah. I want to keep working on. <laughs> but it's appropriate for that age. Yeah. That's not weird. And I definitely think that coming back home and asking for help was the right decision towards the end of that year, just because things have gotten so confusing and I didn't know who else to turn to. And I trust my parents, so might as well turn back to the people who I trust. (laughs) I literally just make a squeaky sound. I don't even know what to say, you guys. It's just, I just love my baby girl. She's so smart. So, I mean, let's just wrap this up a little bit with what it's like now because I think that all of this sounds very like man you know I didn't know they were going through it and I didn't realize that you know Big Tiny was out there trying to figure it out you know with with school and life and getting a new boyfriend and all these things you know and what is it like for her now well the reality is all that stuff was difficult but there's still challenging stuff it's not like you know when your your kid comes home and this is a big one lean in mamas especially mamas of older kids you know, when they come home every single year after a school year, they're going to be different. They're changing between like 18 and 25. I mean, think back to the way you were, you know, you're learning new things, making new friends, learning more about yourself. I mean, they could literally go to college with blonde hair and come back a brunette. Okay. (laughs) Crazy stuff happens on campus. So that said, it's awkward now because we had a little baby leave our home and now you guys can hear it in her voice. This is not a girl who we can just say, do this, do that. You know, she's got a, her own mind in every sense of the word. And we not just have to honor that, but we also have to respect it. So it, there are some awkward moments. There's definitely some awkward moments just because like, I realized that I can't like, in the sense that like, you are my parents and you can always just tell me what to do because this is your house, but I'm not necessarily 18 anymore. I, if I really don't like it, I could just go and do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So like, there's kind of this weird dance, I would mm-hmm. say, just being like, okay, so I am an adult, but I know that I'm not a full adult in any sense because I came back for help because mm-hmm. I figured I wasn't adulting correctly. And I'm turning to the adults that I trust who I think adult correctly. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of weird in the mm-hmm. sense that like, I know that I'm a child and like, I want to sometimes ask questions and like sometimes like it's weird wondering when I should ask questions and when I should ask for help because I know some things are things that I as an adult need to take care of but there's also the thing of like I don't really know how to take care of it and I don't want to sound childish asking about it and I also don't want it to be like well that's an adult thing you got to kind of figure it out Mm -hmm. because some things are adult things that I just have to figure out but I know they're my parents so it's just kind of a weird balance of being like when do I ask for help and when do I just be like, okay, this is an adult thing. I'm going to take care of it over my own. Like, I was, It's weird. Yeah. It's definitely weird. And I think that it's also weird for us. And I think a lot of you guys are nodding your head too and, and kind of aligning with this. It's weird for us because we're like, oh man, I, I, it's funny. It's weird on another level. For us, it's like 24-7, I want to save you. I don't care how old you get. I'm always like, I know the answer. If I don't know it, I'm going to fix it. Mama go write a check. Just come here and lay your head on my shoulder, baby. <laughs> like that's how I feel 24 seven. So for me, it really is more of a, when do I let go? When do I let go? And then if I'm letting go, when do I swoop in to help? Yeah. You know, and it's such a delicate balance because I also recognize that swooping in isn't always the answer and that I have to let you 
you know, use your wings and learn how to fly a little bit, but mom is still her right behind you in her Tesla in case you can't fly everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, that's my job. I can give you a ride. So it is a delicate balance. But um, more than anything, I think that what's great is that we have a lot of love in our house. We try to be very honest with each other and we try to just basically own the awkward. We're like, it is awkward. We are owning it and we are doing the best we can. Definitely. That's been like a lot of the conversations mm-hmm. being like, all right, so at the end of the week, you're doing good in adulting. I know it's hard. I know it's weird. And I'm like, yeah, it's really weird. But I got through the week. <laughs> I completed all I like completed all of the paperwork and things that I had to do for the week. Like I did do the adult thing. It mm-hmm. sucked while I was doing it, but mm-hmm. like I completed it. And then it's like yeah, I'm back. I don't have to buy my own food. I can get that into me for free. This is great. Like it's no, there are perks. There are perks. We can say there are perks. Yeah. So, so that's it. I mean, I wish that we could say we had more answers. I wish that we could say that, you know, we have it all figured out and this is the magic thing you can do. But the reality is we're hoping that in joining us for this type of chat that you're hearing and understanding that much like anything else you're taking on in life, it is a journey. We are just figuring it out as we go. And more than anything, when and where you get to these lessons in life are dependent on you. When are you going to decide that you are going to seek out help when you need it? When are you going to submit and say, you know what, I don't know how to do this and I'm figuring it out. And when are you going to stand on your own and say, you know what, this is up to me to solve and I'm going to be an adult and stand in my own right and figure it out. And no matter what, the time will come and when it does, it'll be right for you. You just need to be prepared to evolve. So thank you so much for taking the time out to just hang out and, you know, hear out my sweet, the big tiny. She's so amazing. I'm so proud of you. You know how much I love you. I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a really fun one to do. I don't do interviews often. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I honestly think my first, first born, as well as my first interview guest was my very best one thus far. So that said, Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen. And I cannot wait to chat with you next week because I'm kind of on a roll with these stories of things that have been transformative and nothing has been more transformative to me than parenting, except this one moment, this one moment that I had back in college with this story that I like to call the story of Sam. It's the time when I was dumped in a really big fashion. I can't wait to tell you the details because it hurt my heart, but it changed everything from there on. And we're going to talk about all of that next week. Bye, friend. Thanks so much for listening, friend. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to NicoleWalters.com. I'd love for us to stay in touch. So make sure you drop your email address so I can send you inspiration, business details, and the occasional funny story. And because I'm so generous, there might even be a selfie in the mix. <laughs> Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and come back soon.